The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest. W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Today's episode is sponsored by Mamita's, my favorite tequila hard seltzer. I had friends over this weekend before we went to a birthday party, which you'll hear me recap in a little bit. And my friend was over and she was like, what do you have to drink? And I said, I have Mamita's. I gave her the mango flavor and it was her first time trying it. And she was like, oh my God, I love this. Where is it from? So I told her where to get it, which I will do the same for you guys. You can go to drinkmamitas.com or order it on GoPuff. And if you don't know, it comes in four delicious flavors, mango, pineapple, paloma, and lime. And my friend really, really, really loved the mango. I don't know. My favorite switching. It's switching. It was paloma. Now it might be mango. Sometimes it's pineapple. Sometimes it's lime. It's really confusing for me. I think I just honestly like it all. But join me. Join Mamitas. Have a beverage. And cheers to you guys. So my live show tickets went on sale last week. They were pre-sale. Um, I know some of you were having troubles with the codes, this and that. The the codes, it's no more. You don't need a code now to get a ticket. So I will link everything in my Instagram stories and also in the link tree in my bio. And the show is April 7th at City Winery. We have people coming in from Boston, people coming in from different cities and states across the country. I'm so excited. April 7th, it's a Thursday. We will be having an after party. There will be amazing surprise guests. And right here in New York City, I can't wait to see you guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tea with Publicity. We are coming off a big week here. Um, I think... Hi, Gia. Hey. I think I'm going to do things a little differently around here. Oh, okay. I know. I came to this um, realization last week, and this doesn't even necessarily, like, you guys don't have to know the inner workings, but I think it's interesting. So what I was thinking was, I loved how the Natalie interview, we dropped the day that it that we interviewed her because it was timely. Yeah. So I think moving forward, what I'll be doing is always doing my Tuesday episode, and then if I get a guest that is timely, instead of waiting for the following Tuesday to drop that episode, I'll just do like a 20-minute mini episode like we did with Natalie from Love is Blind, and we'll just do these mini episodes so you guys could hear the news as it's breaking, and we're not missing the news cycle. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, so I think it's a good way for people that just come here for pop culture to just listen to the mini episodes, or if you're coming here for both, you can listen to both. This way, we'll keep the Tuesday episodes like more personal, more advice driven more girl chat and then the mini episodes will just be pop culture focused so yeah I think it sounds good that's a good idea and speaking of there's like a chance I'm just gonna say it because I I don't know and you know speak things into existence as you guys know I am a newfound Colton stan Clayton oh my god (laughs) Clayton (laughs) I do that all the time oh it's so hard I am a Clayton stan and I know last week I had some ups and downs. We will get into it in the Spill the Tea segment, but there is a chance I might get him on the pod after the finale, and if I do, it will drop as a mini episode, but the the catch is they were like, do you want to interview Clayton for five to six minutes? And I was like, 
Could we have like 15 minutes? I don't yeah. know how many questions I could ask in five, five minutes. Five to six, that's like, hey, how are you? I'm good. Okay, I bye. I know, <laughs> but I'm just going to take it no matter what, and yeah. we will get the, as much tea out of him in that yeah. time Rapid that we fire can. questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be like, sorry to cut the small talk, but like one, I love you, two, <laughs> let's go. So maybe stay tuned for that this week. I hope, I hope, I hope, fingers crossed. I'm not sure if it's going to work out with his press schedule. But we will talk more about The Bachelor in the Spill the Tea segment. Um, I just have so much on this episode. So first of all, I'll give you guys some updates. I have a couch update. I have um, a drunk update. And then I have an interview with Vanessa Reiser. She, or Reiser, she is a narcissist specialist. We talk a lot about narcissists on this podcast. And I asked her all of our burning questions, whether or not, like how narcissists show up as friends, as significant others, as parents. And she is so knowledgeable. There is like a bit of tea that I didn't dig into because I'm not in the business of like ruining people's lives. But her ex is Googleable, and I didn't really want to get into that with her because I really just wanted to learn about narcissists and I'm not trying to be a bad person so if you connect the dots you connect the dots but like I it just is what it is um we really didn't talk about that at all because I just think she's such a wealth of knowledge and I learned so much from her and um I think it's a really cool interview so after that hang around because we will do the Ask Alyssa advice segment And we will spill the tea because we are talking Kim K, Kanye, Clayton, a.k.a. Colton, (laughs) and everything like that. Um, Okay, couch update. I know you guys follow me on Instagram. I know you saw. I finally got a couch. It came dirty. There were like pubes in it. And um, it was just like pilly. And half of it was dirty. And... The company didn't have a customer service number. And in the past, when I had emailed them, they weren't responsive. So I was like, how do I get their attention? And how do I get their attention fast? So I was a Karen. I had to call them out. Mm-hmm. And I took to social media. Yeah. And I don't like doing that, I have to say. Like, I think it's really weird when celebrities and influencers are like, at United, my flight sucks. Oh, I... D- I mean, I d- I'm not even an influencer and I do that. It's I the think fastest airlines, way to get attention. you have to call them... If you don't call them out, they're not going to fix it. And you get their attention the yes. second you put them on blast. Yes. So I honestly don't ever really take that route. Sometimes I'll like soft tag them. I'm for calling out companies. I'm for it. Because well, I was pissed. If you're paying that much money, yeah. it should be perfect. Yeah, I agree. So I wasn't even rude to them. I wasn't even like, screw this company. Yeah. I was just like, hey, help. <laughs> like, yeah. I have a pubes in my couch. <laughs> So, so they instantly, of course, my other messages to them just were left on red and this one right away. Hey, we have someone reaching out to you right away. I'm like, yeah, of course you didn't answer any of my other shit. So (laughs) I have to say though, the woman from customer service was an absolute doll and she was just like, how can we help? How can we make this right? I don't know how this happened. I am so embarrassed. I'm Mm. so sorry. She's like, honestly, your video was hysterical. Like, it sucks, but it's funny. And so somehow I think I'm lucking out in this situation, which is crazy, even though I've been through eight months of couch troubles. So what they're doing is sending me a full new couch, full two new pieces. And then they're like, you could keep the nice part Mm. that isn't ruined because There's two pieces that they sent me. One's ruined and one's fine. Mm -hmm. She's like, you could keep it. And I was like, look, I don't 
I will keep it, but instead, because the couch is modular, so you could put it together like Legos. Mm -hmm. So if you keep three pieces, you can make it a longer couch or you can make it an L. Oh, nice. So she's like, you can keep it and just have a bigger couch. And I was like, it can't fit in my space, although I appreciate the gesture. So I will keep the one piece, send me the other piece, and send me the ottoman. And she was like, okay, we'll do that. Nice. So now they're sending me, they're just sending me a whole new couch. She didn't even, she's sending me a whole new couch, taking back the one that they sent me originally and sending me an ottoman, which is like over a thousand dollar value. What's an ottoman? It's an (laughs) ottoman. Basically, it's like what you put your feet up on when you're rest. Oh, okay. This one could attach to the couch and make an L shape. Cool. It just doesn't have a back. Okay, cool. So it's kind of, so you could utilize it as like a standalone chair, as something to put your legs up on. You could attach it to the couch whatever okay so I was like send me that and they are and so I'm kind of making out because she's giving me a partial refund and sending me a whole new piece yeah so you're getting the best of both worlds there for sure so let's just hope that this is all worth it for me to have a nicer couch um that's the couch update now I am trying to figure out what kind of mirror to put on the wall I actually posted something on reels if you guys want to go to my instagram and give me your input because i feel like the mirror i currently have feels outdated it's like one of those circular ones which were so big and now i'm just like "Eh, is this not the vibe anymore so go vote on my instagram because i now i need help with the mirror um but i want to talk about my weekends a little bit so i did like the craziest thing (laughs) I went to my friend Remy's birthday party and it was euphoria themed. Yeah, you guys all looked so great. Oh, it was so... I just... Honestly, the most fun part of the party was getting ready for yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Just like getting the glam yeah. and picking out the outfit and it was so sick. I did like the rhinestones all over my face and in my hair. I still have glue in my hair because they used... Um, here's a trick for you guys at home. If you're going to a themed party and you want to put um, like... What are they called? Sequin, not sequins, gemstones. gemstones in your hair. They said to use eyelash glue. Interesting. That's what they did because it washes out, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of stuck in my hair. Um, but I went to the party and I had so much fun. And my friend Erica, we made her fiance pick us up. Well, he was picking her up to go home, and I was like, drop me off. <laughs> so Scott drops me off. We're like having so much fun in the car. I'm like feeling it at this point. Like I am definitely not sober. And I get to my lobby and I see the doorman helping this girl who can't walk. Like she was, what you know, when you're just like your legs are giving out and you were just like limp kind of. And she was completely limp. And I saw him walking her to the elevator. And in my non-sober mind I was like I don't like this guy helping this girl even though he was doing nothing but trying to help her yeah it made me uncomfortable because I could tell he was in a weird spot because like he was supposed to be at the door but now he's helping this girl and I could tell he kept looking back at the door hoping he wasn't letting people in Mm. but then he wasn't gonna leave her alone so in my drunk head I was just like I'll help her like who do I think I am Batman So I'm like, I got her. I don't know this girl. She doesn't even live in my part of the building because there's like, um, there's elevators that go up to like a certain level of floors and then a second set of elevators that go up to the rest of the floors. So we were in different elevators. So I get in the elevator with this girl and it's me, the blackout girl and a couple. And the couple thinks I know her and I'm like, oh, 
I was like, I don't know her, but I don't want to leave her alone. Like, I didn't want the doorman bringing her upstairs. I felt uncomfortable. And the girl in the couple was like, no, no, you're right. That's the that's a good thing to do. We'll we'll watch you. So now they're watching me. It's watch like women her. supporting women supporting women. <laughs> yes, because she was with the, her husband. So yeah. I think she was like, it's our job to watch them. So yeah. now I'm watching the blackout girl. They're watching me. So I'm... <laughs> so I'm like trying to keep her talking so she doesn't fall asleep and I'm like do you have the keys to your apartment and she's like and I was like that's scary I don't want to put my hands in her bag yeah so I was just I was making I was trying to keep her conscious so I was like can you show me the keys can you get them out do you know what number you live in and I'm just like asking her questions so finally we get out and I like walk her to her door and we like make sure she gets into the apartment yeah so the couple got out with us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're watching me watch her and then they make sure I get home okay even though That's we're nice. all in the same building but I was like I can't tell if I was being over dramatic by bringing this girl home or if I did the right thing but I better think, to be safe than sorry I just didn't want her to wake up and be like wow that man brought me to my door yeah god forbid like you don't remember and you wake up and you're scared and you feel really uncomfortable yeah I just something about it with a man and I know he didn't he was just trying to help but it just made me uncomfortable totally get that so I'm like who do I think I am the next morning I woke up and I'm like oh my god I walked this girl home last night as if I'm the picture of sober that's the best part (laughs) I'm like stumbling helping her home it was so crazy but hey I feel like that was like my good deed of of the week Um, Okay, let's get into the interview because it is a really good one. Stick around for the Spill the Tea segment because, like I said, we have a lot to talk about. And as always, ask Alyssa. Hello, everyone. I am here with Vanessa Reiser. You are a narcissism expert and therapist. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Is that the correct credentials? I am a licensed clinical social worker. Amazing. Um, In four states, New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Florida. Mm. Um, And I specialize in narcissistic abuse. So uh, my question for you that I've been wondering, you had a situation where you were with a narcissist. Married to a narcissist? Dating. Um, Did this all come after that? Or did you have the credentials before that? Like, I'm curious. It kind of came after Mm -hmm. I was specializing in uh, working with youth. So working for the Bronx High School of Science and the Jewish Board, um, kind of focusing on, you know, cyberbullying and academic pressure and suicidal ideation for that demographic. And then I found myself um, in a relationship that sort of um, was, you know, emotionally abusive. And it kind of became my passion now to help others. Once the the curtain is pulled back on like narcissists I feel like it changes your thoughts forever like for me I had one interaction with the narcissist and now I can't unknow what I know yeah it's like a portal it yes of sorts yeah and then you just find yourself like in deep in articles there was something actually on your Instagram that really hit home for me it was well first of all you ran in a wedding dress um was it across New York or yep. the entire state 285 miles wow Holy shit. How long did that take? It took 11 days, but I could do it in 10. Oh, that's what? I thought you were going to be like two months. Um, And you did it to raise awareness for 
women, I guess, who are with narcissists or narcissistic abuse. Mm -hmm. And you had posted on your Instagram 11 signs that you were with a narcissist. And it really hit home for me because the person that I encountered that was a narcissist had 10 of the 11 that I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just kind of want to like talk through, first of all, are there levels to narcissism? Like, could someone kind of be a narcissist but still some, have some self-awareness? I'm, like, kind of curious about yeah. the levels I think we it. all have narcissistic um, tendencies. Yes. Um, the And there's definitely a spectrum. So, you know, there's a certain – there are certain people who are more malignant and mm. some that are more benign. I think the more benign narcissist in some ways is is more dangerous because you might could find yourself in a relationship for upwards of 20 years and then they're like, surprise, I never gave a shit about you. So I prefer the more malignant, overt sort of, you know, I'm just an asshole outwardly. In some ways, mm-hmm. I hear from people that they have been like physically abused mm. and that physical abuse is something they would prefer over the insidious um, sort of psychological piece long term. So I would prefer, believe it or not, kind of like that, you know, in your face mm-hmm. version. So kind of pop collar, Ferragamo shoes, mm. a lot of cologne, douchebaggy kind of character you could kind of see coming a little bit. That's yes. what I would prefer than the more, you know, kind of covert, soft, you know, victim mm. version of this. So there's definitely a spectrum. So I consider myself to be super intuitive. And I think the situation with me and the narcissist that I encountered was solely based on like um, – it would have never happened any other time than when it did because it was during the pandemic when we were like talking on our phones and you know you're like doing FaceTime dates and I feel like where did you meet this person? So I met him on social media Mm -hmm. and then we wound up like FaceTiming and stuff and because of the pandemic it kept distance between us but my point is like I don't think I would have ever given someone that much like of my time had the world been opened up. Mm -hmm. This was when we like weren't leaving our houses Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and um he now having talked to his exes because like 10 of them have reached out to me because he was dating everyone at the same time like insane human and now all of these things like are true for who he was but the I guess my point is I consider myself to be very in tune and even I saw all the red flags but I was like whatever I'm not like I'm not I'm not in love with this guy so I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go along with it until something presents itself Mm -hmm. where I'm like okay my gut was right Mm -hmm. you're insane (laughs) and then I found it and then I was out at the first the first sign whereas a lot of his exes were in too deep because of the love bombing and they were unfortunately really messed up from it like they were not able to get out the way I did because the manipulation had began and they were just in deeper and I've now seen that a narcissist could fool anyone because like especially this guy that I was dealing with he had what you had on your list of 11 signs he narcissists don't don't have empathy but he had fake empathy Mm -hmm. and that's the scariest point because it was almost like he tricked you to believe he was the most um 
emotionally intelligent person. And that's what had me fooled. That's why we see a lot of elevated rates of this personality disorder in Hollywood, because they can very readily fake empathy. Mm. So they can act, and who's going to get the Academy Award for, oh my gosh. Mm. So um, really, really slippery slope, because you have to be able to identify um, who's able to fake it. That's what's so scary. And then I guess for you, like when you were with this person, did you notice early on? Like, I think when people are love bombing you, we're trained as women to want the fairy tale, but then also to be cautious. So for me, I never had known what love bombing was until recently, but I knew it wasn't, I knew it was coming on hot and heavy is what I would have always called it. But in my head, I was like, well, they say when you know, you know. So I'm just going to go along with it because maybe this is what that is. But I know in my gut, this is a little too much. But at the same time, like, they say, when you know, you know. So let me just go along with it. Were you having those same thoughts or were you just not even aware of necessarily what was happening? I had no idea what was happening. Mm. I literally got my PhD on TikTok like every fucking everybody else. Like, I had no idea what was happening. And then I feel like we said I feel like I went through a portal. Um, And now it's all crystal clear. Um, And scary. It's scary because now what you're looking at is a level of psychopathy so you I often wonder like how much danger I was in or Mm. um, how much danger others are in my clients Um, there's there tends to be like a a very sort of nuanced difference between I'm indifferent to your pain and I enjoy your pain so Mm. the narcissist is indifferent to your pain the sociopath enjoys your pain and it's to me such a thin line right there I struggle with that like if you're indifferent to my pain I'm already like I don't fucking understand that shit what is that so um it's it's scary to imagine you know like if you're naive like I was and then you see this it's like there's monsters among us or something it feels that's like a zombie so apocalypse. scary <laughs> you're like what the hell like it is well I think that's what like the person I'm talking about his exes like they one of them specifically felt disgusted like she was like I was sleeping with this man he was in my home Mm -hmm. and like she felt taken advantage of because she almost felt like even though she was consensually being with him she felt taken advantage of because when she found out who he really was she's like I was with a fraud Mm -hmm. And I think you go through a level of that as well. Yeah, you begin to distrust yourself. Oh, How yeah. How I, you know, kind of trust what I'm seeing? It's like an illusion. So could you walk me through, like, what some signs are for people who feel like they might be dating a narcissist or encountering a narcissist in their life? Sure. So love bombing is like, you know, the long CVS style receipt kind of text messages. Sorry, the heat is, like, making this <laughs> wild noise. Back to love bombing. <laughs> sure. So love bombing is kind of like the thing we see first with the narcissist. So the long text messages, you know, you are my soulmate. I've never met anybody like you. You are the best friend, the most amazing yeah. lover. Putting you on a pedestal. Oh, like it's just hot and heavy. It feels very fantastical, like dreamy, right? And that's mm. because it is. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, then the future faking, we see this a lot with the narcissistic parent it's very different so they'll do things like you know I'm going to pay for your college and I'm going to do this kind of like Mm. dangling of the carrots Um, 
we see manipulation, um, we see triangulation, isolation, controlling. In the interpersonal relationship, in the love affair, you're going to see um, cheating. So that's going to include supplemental supplies. So there's always somebody on the back burner, at least one, two, three, four, five. They also, I often get asked, is my narcissist gay? And the reason why Hmm. this is important is because the narcissist will take attention from anything or anyone. Um, And that can feel a little bit confusing because I don't want to like dis pans people Mm -hmm. and things like this. But it's like any sexual, it's like any attention whatsoever. So interesting. by definition, sexual addiction is the addiction to attention, actually. It's not addiction to sex. So by definition, all narcissists are addicts because they're addicted to attention. Um, We see... um, the smear campaign, we see... Um, That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, they, the one that I came in encounter with had a lot of, like, enemies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. is that one thing? Like, you see them kind of, like, dis- like he was always like, oh, this person wronged me. This person. And I was always kind of like, I want to be with someone that, like, gets along with people. So that was another red flag for me. Well, I think you can have enemies, but I think the difference is they don't have any authentic relationships. That's the differentiator. Yeah. Like, they don't, they can't do, like, a group scenario where you might could go to dinner with, like, six people because it has to be about them. So they only can have minions or, like, be on a podium. They don't mm. do the, like... Like group, like they thing. have to be the one hosting and making it yeah, about that. Yeah, and them. it's actually very cult-like. It might remind you of like what a cult leader would do. And if you know anything about a narcissist, you know everything you need to know about a cult leader, and vice versa. It's the exact same kind of brainwashing, mind control techniques. It's really it's so scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, so back to like levels of mar- narcissists. What about like narcissistic friends? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like sometimes the word is thrown around so often, but I feel like there's friends that are, like, very self-centered or maybe you find that they're lying a lot. And, like, it seems like narcissistic traits, but you're not going to be like, oh, this person's 100% a narcissist. So it's, like, kind of confusing, and I'm just – I'm trying to navigate in my head, like, what those definitions kind of look like. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, how do these people show up in friendships? I love what you just said around the lying. I think if you can see somebody for inauthentic or superficial, Mm. kind of on the surface, this is a red flag. So if you see people um, that are kind of concerned too much with optics, Mm. this is a red flag. This is a really big, because it's not just the lying, right? So like, oh, you know, you know, bullshit that they're peddling around, you know, I have this, that, or the other, and kind of like naming off things that they own Mm. or like, you know, being a braggart. It's like the, you know, optics. So the way that they might could be very hyper-concerned with like um, how they look in social media. So this is somebody who, um, you know, it has to face tune everything and look a certain mm. way to the extent that they wouldn't ever want to be in a candid shot or anything like perfectly normal. posed. Yes. So that's why I think people get the narcissism word um, sort of confused with selfies or something. But it, I understand because there's an overlap there. But really, mm. it's about the inauthenticity. It's about the fakeness. It's about the front. It's about the facade. Like yeah. there's almost like a castle and then inside there's like cobwebs. It's nothing really there. So they're kind of, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, and then really, you know, did you even like graduate high school? Like, mm. What are we talking about? They end up being like basically like a false persona. 
Interesting. That's so hard because like the industry I work in, it's like everyone's out here faking it to some extent, but Mm -hmm. then people have evolved with the times with social media where like who I used to be on social media is completely differently than who I am now. For example, like we all want to look a certain way, but you have to be able to show your authentic self. So I get what you're saying. If it's just all the time, perfect, 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 Mm -hmm. that's probably a red flag. Yeah. I mean, listen, everybody, like, that's the whole thing. We all have narcissistic shit. Of course. We all want to look good, feel good, be good, have things. I mean, um, we have to tame it. And, you know, but the re- the ground zero for the narcissist is the no empathy. If you see a scenario mm. where a dog dies or a friend is ill and this person is using, like, maybe improper salutations or weird um, language, like, are you okay? They keep saying, are you okay? Are you okay? It's like they don't understand. In my case, I remember I had a... 13-year-old golden retriever and she was dying Mm -hmm. and for four days I was hysterical crying she was like my daughter I never had a dog until I had my Katie and I remember he just kept saying are you okay I was like no I'm not fucking okay like it it didn't Mm -hmm. seem to register yeah that this is like you know like a really big problem like that's like you know what who who cares like so how did you realize and get out of your situation what was the light like what made you be like whoa this is abusive or not okay one of his exes told me that's what happened (laughs) he's a narcissist because they have 10 exes and I thought at a time all I knew is no empathy and I thought I gotta go and I called my girlfriend and we fled Um, see it's not easy to do that no I was like if I don't go now I'm gonna get love bombed again and I'm gonna fall for it and I was like, but up until the ex, and- were you starting to realize something's not right? Oh, yeah. It was so adversarial. There were so many problems. It was ongoing, just drama, chaos, drama, chaos, up, down, up, down. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, so you just, just knew at that point. I was trauma bonded. I actually shook for nine days after I left because it was like a drug. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, the devaluing phase, it's usually like the love bombing devaluing. The the devaluing phase included only the removal of the love bombing. So I was like fiending, like make it okay, make it okay. Like you normally make it okay. And like mm. so for nine days I was like it's not going to be okay. And I had to like sit with like, you know, this crack addiction and like get through it, thank God. But it took me like two years to um, feel normal and I am you know I'm trauma certified and I work with a lot of people that are who deal with trauma but mm-hmm. it is trauma oh 100% because some of the exes that had contacted me from this guy the thing with him was like you talked about narcissistic like supply mm-hmm. so for people that aren't aware I've done my research on this clearly mm-hmm. they keep women or people in close proximity where it's like someone kind of described it me at, to me as like they have like a team and they like sometimes you're benched and sometimes you're playing in the game and like they'll always have like one main player and everyone else is benched and then they'll just they'll keep you benched not completely cut off because they need the supply from you they need your attention so what this guy was doing was I was kind of his main player and then the rest of the girls got put on the bench and again we weren't dating in my eyes like we were talking we were getting to know each other to me things take longer I don't care if you're love bombing me or not like Mm -hmm. I don't I didn't buy it like I was like eh, might be a red flag so for me I was like I was on dating apps like we I was like we're not exclusive so 
I wasn't really I kind of expected he was talking to other people because I could tell he was sketchy like I just knew Mm -hmm. and his one of his exes had contacted me and then when I started realizing is how deep the manipulation went was he basically she was like oh we were together on Wednesday and you came up on his Apple watch and he told me you were his lawyer I was like what I'm like I'm not a lawyer that's like what like took me back the most and then she was like oh and I messaged his other ex oh and I messaged this girl and all of a sudden there was 10 people and then when you confront him about it what I learned is that narcissists tell you like 80% of the truth about stories and like the other like 20% is twisted so then if you call them out they'll be like no but I told you that so like for me you know he would tell me a story about I was with my ex in Paris and this happened and then the ex was like no yeah we were in Paris but did he tell you xyz so they tell you enough that you feel like they're being so open and honest that must be true because it kind of is disclose that yeah Yeah, like oh wow he told me something personal it's very insidious and then like i the reason why i'm so fascinated is because i saw his exes went through what you went through like therapy trauma like not okay not Mm -hmm. okay yeah i got the least of it actually in the lot because um he has children with um, somebody who oh that's yeah he kind of she's really tied to yeah, it he he gave her the business um, so there was major issues with their judicial experience that we see a lot with my clients who's getting accused of Munchausens who's getting accused of abusing their children sexually moms who goes to jail. Um, I have clients that lose their children all the time. And the Why? Judicial because system, these people are just manipulating the system? Mm-hmm. They'll lie. They come up with... I mean, I remember... Could you equate mm-hmm. them to like a con artist? Oh, yeah. Because that's how I feel. Yeah, it's a con job. The whole thing is a con that's job. That's how I feel. Like um, Dirty John on Bravo. Yeah, it's the that's whole... That's how I... Yeah. I'm like, that's... It's minus the murder. <laughs> they remind me of like serial yeah. killers. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the Tinder swindler? Thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Total narcissist. The, the reason why that was particularly interesting, I thought, because I sort of knew all of this stuff and yeah. I do it all day. But that one was interesting in that they will steal from Peter to get – they do this thing where they overlap, right? So, like, I'm going to sell this engagement ring to, to pay for the next engagement mm. ring. They do this thing where they, like, carry it over so they always feel like they're getting over on someone. It's a really interesting little variable that I've noticed mm. um, that I sort of gathered from that show. It's crazy. And, like, the way the Tinder Swindler guy, like, lined up people, he almost, like, groomed them for years. And then when time – they're singing next door. <laughs> and then when push came to shove, he was like, hey, I need a favor from you. Mm-hmm. He, like, for so long would almost make them believe this, like, facade until he needed them. And yeah. then he had them in a vulnerable, like, position yeah. to help him. It's all about control and power. They feel excited about the fact that, like, they're winning, Hmm. It's really, really interesting stuff. Do, in some ways, childlike. Do they, do narcissists go after women in power? Because if we're talking about men specifically, because the person that I dealt with specifically went after models, influencers, editors of magazines, which dumbass because these people could write a whole expose on you like hello i have a podcast <laughs> like what an idiot like yeah. but they he went after women that he could gain from. 
sociably, like socially. I think over time they figure out that their skills are kind of working and then they go a little bit too far. Mm. Um, we see this sometimes in the political climate where somebody might could have like a really great life and they're just greedy and they're like, oh, I want to be president of the United States. I don't care how. Kanye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So they go too far and then um, everyone sort of sees them for who they are. So what happens when a narcissist, like when you cut off their supply, like when you find them out? Well, it is not recommended to ever tell them that because then they're just going to like feel cornered and then retaliate. Um, mm, that's what but, I get scared of. Yeah, they can be really dangerous. So um, they will probably just have a narcissistic fit you know, and just kind of melt down. Um, but it can be dangerous. If you have a narcissist, if you're fortunate enough to have a narcissist <laughs> in the public eye, you know, they kind of might, could punish someone else other than you. Um, mm. But yeah, somebody's going to feel the wrath. Well, because the elephant in the room is that, I could say this, you can't, that <laughs> Vanessa's ex is dating someone in the public eye. So it's like, that's also why I asked, because... Clearly, he's going for someone in a position of power. And I wonder if they're just so out of tune with the fact that... I wonder if they're out of tune with the fact that, like, they're even choosing to put it on a scale, like a larger scale. Like, the guy that I'm talking about with, he was dating editors and stuff. I'm like, hello? Like, if you want someone to write about you, they obviously can. I think narcissists are living in a fantasy mm. world. And so... Um, I don't know that they're really thinking pragmatically for the most part. There tends to be this fantasy that they're mm. like engaged in, um, not reality. In some ways, it, it appears to be delusional. Yeah. What about narcissistic parents? I'm curious about that dynamic. Yeah, we see uh, – this is so interesting because I do believe there is um, intergenerational trauma is sort of like – plays a role because if you speak to people about their narcissist or if you speak to narcissists they tend to have a narcissistic parent also mm. um but yeah the narcissistic parent is going to do a lot of the future faking they tend to groom their same-sex child that same-sex child is like an extension of them so we see the narcissistic mother is sort of parading around pretty little pageant girl and we mm. see the narcissistic father you know making this like mini me you know soldier athlete. Yep, yeah athlete um, businessman you know look how you know all of these this child is exactly like me it's like an extension like in some ways you might could even hear like a narcissist say you know, I want to have children because I want to, you know, I want my seed. I want my, you know, I want, sh I mm. should live on in something else. It's my duty to the yes. world to gift the world another me. Like, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're all you. dying Thanks for a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we see um, the future faking is a big thing that they do. And then um, sometimes they'll play the victim quite a bit. So um, we see the narcissistic mother who's very, very victimized and is oftentimes sick and everything's about her. Mm. Um, you know, she doesn't see you as your entity. Um, if you say to the narcissistic mother, hey, mom, I graduated from college. She's like, well, I always wanted to graduate. I always wanted to go to college. Mm. So we see a lot of that. Um, and then it actually makes a scenario where the child of the narcissist would be like a people pleaser, an approval seeker, a codependent, and sort of primed for that narcissistic love affair because mother, you know, sort of behaved this way. Ugh. And then 
what's the, <laughs> this might just be like a really basic question, but what's the difference between someone who's just like egotistical and a narcissist? Because I feel like that's, I think, what confuses like the public and me. It's like we all know someone in our life who's just like super yeah. egotistical. And it's like, I don't know if that person, that person might be egotistical and all those things you just described, but have empathy. Yeah. And that's what's confusing. I try to instill in my clients a good level of ego, you know, centric thinking. I think that, you know, a lot of people need to sort of love themselves. Mm. I don't have a problem with being selfish. Certainly for women, I'm always trying to empower them. Like, do you? Mm. Um, the difference is like that broken modem so that they're a deviant. That's the difference. This personality disorder um, creates a lot of havoc and pain. The way I would kind of sort of highlight the biggest piece of narcissistic personality disorder is this. The the no empathy is why, well, empathy is why we exist. Mm-hmm. So the crying baby, the primary caregiver goes over and picks up the crying baby and says, oh, don't cry, little baby. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they feel like, oh, something's wrong. Yeah, this yeah. is the empathy. So we don't exist without empathy. And we are living in an individualistic society, highly capitalistic. We don't sort of, you know, perpetuate and cultivate empathy already. So I think that peace is a slippery slope if we don't start to get back into those sesame street days when i was a kid where it was like love each other yay Mm. like we're not doing that enough we're kind of like selfish shitty things and i think we're sort of not um being kind enough and like we're kind of bringing out the worst in people so i just see it on the rise almost like pandemic-y, epidemic-y. Mm. So I think, you know, that's the difference. It's like a broken modem. It's like somebody is just deviant, like to harm others. Mm. So cruel. Like, it's just awful. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then what would you recommend for people who are in a situation, they're listening to to this and they're like, oh my God, I think I'm dating or dealing with a narcissist. What would you recommend for them to take the first steps to, like, get out of that relationship? So we always talk about getting a safety bag. That includes, you know, toiletries, Lululemon pans, sweatshirt, you know. Um, Give it to a friend, a a family member, put in your car. Um, Because the only way to sort of deal with this is to get away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no data that I can offer up that suggests that narcissists change Mm. there are some outliers um but we measure it in millimeters versus miles it's very very rare um so there's i mean you would have to do let's say like an inpatient sex addiction treatment center or facility for an extended period of time before you would see even the tiniest residual like movement so not recommended to be around. Sandra Brown refers to this relationship uh, as one of inevitable harm. It's awful. So have a safety bag on. It, it really reminds me of the Dirty John show. Like how she just had to leave him. And like that ended in literally death, which is so scary. I interviewed on my old podcast Tara Newall, the girl that killed I'm him. friends with them. I, Debbie. Yes. Yeah. I interviewed her and she's like a friend of mine too. Yeah. And she has just, a lot of, you know, she sort of talks about her trauma, Tara, and like the things that she's endured. It's crazy. And you could see really interesting, I love that you brought this up, is that that 
I'm going to like wink almost that mm-hmm. mother daughter thing that mm. goes on where daughter's like mom no mom mm. no mom no and mom's like what do you mean everything mm. so that mind control I get the chills mm-hmm. it's like it's not good you know I mean we saw this with Vicky Gumbelson, um and how mm, the daughter Brooks. was like no 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 and there was yes. like completely and we never victim blame we never ever no. ever do because I they're remember being manipulated being, but it's scary because you want to, you know, you want to shake help. the person and be like, look what's in front of you. But it's and that's the other thing that I think is so important about any kind of abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, whatever it may be. People will be like, oh, only a weak woman would fall for something like that. It's like, no, these people are master manipulators and any person could get you like you study like you're a smart woman you were with uh, me like it happens to everyone because these people are so skilled they literally make um police and agents and people agree with what they're saying because they're so manipulative because i also feel like one of the kind of pushbacks i got from so many people was that i don't fit the profile of a victim because i'm pissing vinegar and i'm like and i'm tough and i'm a feminist and and it was like, it must have been her. She must have done something. Do you know what yeah, I mean? she's, she's the wrong line. Yep. Yeah. So I, I love that. It's really important to just sort of understand it could be anybody. Literally anybody. Mm-hmm. Because these people are dangerous. And I, I think that's the the thing that people have to understand. Like, it doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, this was so helpful. Thank you. Where can everyone Thank follow you for, you for more information and everything? So I am at tell, T-E-L-L-A, therapist.net. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Vanessa Riser LCSW. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys. I have a really, what I think is peculiar, Ask Alyssa, and I'm really excited to answer this one. So someone said, hi, girl. I love you so much. I have a question regarding the work world as I listen to your podcast and know you have some crazy work experiences. So I work at a large fashion manufacturing company in New York City. I'm only four months into my new position and I switched jobs to this new position because it would be an amazing experience and exposure. However, my boss says some iffy things to me and I just don't have the guts to, st- to say stop. My boss brings up my body all the time. I'm super insecure as it is. She tells me in meetings with accounts how terrible my posture is, whether I'm standing, sitting, etc. Also, my posture is not bad at all, actually. She talks about my clothing and how I dress, quote, too nice and has told me that men will never want me because the way I stand and my posture. Please tell me what you would do in this position. I'm from a small town in Illinois and worked my ass off to be in this position as it is, and I just don't want to quit. I would love to hear your thoughts on this, XOXO. Whoa. I know. When I read this, I was like, ew. Yeah, what? I mean, I'm shocked that it's a woman. I totally Uh thought it was going to be a man when she first said her boss keeps commenting on her body. Um, The fact that it's a girl like saying that to another girl is just insane that reminds me of like devil wears prada it makes me feel like she's projecting and she's really insecure to say you dress too nice it's like okay so you're jealous of how i dress yeah and it's like don't you want your uh like workers to look presentable like you work at a fashion merchandising company (sighs) this gives me agita i think (laughs) <laughs> are you laughing because I said Aja? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goes home to New Jersey for one week and yeah. starts speaking Italian. <laughs> I think that you need to 
one, say something in the moment to her. And I know that you said you don't want to be like you don't want to start things. But I think you could just say, hey, look, I really rather you not comment on my posture or just like, hi, like I think it's a little like I don't really feel comfortable when you talk about what I wear. And then she'll I think that would snap anyone into being like, oh, maybe I'm crossing a line. Yeah, because I was going to say before she said I don't want to quit. I was going to say you should definitely quit. Mm hmm. But I feel like you don't really have anything to lose. Maybe you should just speak up for yourself. 100%. And if she has a problem with it, and you can report that, can't you? Or well, I was going to say go above her head. Yeah. And I, I wonder would tell if she's on her. Like the C- I doubt she's like the CEO. Or So I know how this girl feels because when I was in the fashion industry, it's like, and you're new, you feel like your job is so not secure in a sense where you're like if I say something and then they fire me then I don't have a job and I understand that imitation like intimidation that you're feeling like if you speak up you're putting this job that you've worked so hard for on the line totally that said I think women especially have much more of a say in the workplace now than we ever did and people are listening to us and they kind of feel like they have to from like a legal perspective, especially totally. no one wants to get in trouble. Yeah. As sad as that sounds. So I think that you have every right to stand up for yourself. And what I would start doing is keeping an inventory of the things that she says to you or has said to you. So you Ooh, can have it in idea. writing. That's like what any lawyer or HR professional will tell you because HR usually opens up a case mm. and then they're like well we need it on record yeah and maybe you can confide in a coworker, someone mm-hmm. you trust and be like has she ever said anything like this to you mm-hmm. so if you do speak up and she's like don't talk to me like that like I'm gonna talk to your higher-ups whatever you can have some backup mm. being like no she said that to me as well yeah I think that's great I think yeah like in a uh, what's it called when you like rob a bank and you have like an ally not an ally like a yeah what's it called it's like on the tip of my tongue same everyone at home is screaming yeah it's like an alibi alibi yeah an alibi is like that's like what's supposed to get you out if you're like getting accused yes you need an alibi you oh i get what you're saying it's more of like a you need like a like a partner in crime yes you know you need someone that can vouch for you I think you also need um to like I said keep a list and I would 100% potentially go to her boss or HR or someone and I would try to say things in the moment to her because I think that will help kind of check her and you don't have to be rude and you don't have to be confrontational if she says something like the way you dress you could just say hey you know it makes me a little uncomfortable when you talk about my appearance mm. plain and simple and then she might get defensive but then you take record of it and um, you have all of this on record and I'm really sorry you're going through this don't let her f- make you feel insecure it sounds to me if she was saying you dress like shit then she would just be being bitchy but the fact that she's saying you dress too nice makes me think that she feels insecure about her own shitty wardrobe do you know what I mean? Like, she's yes. insecure because you look cute. And she's like, wow, this girl's making me look like a dump. <laughs> I really think that's it. I think so many women just project their own feelings of insecurity. Oh, yeah. That's, like, the biggest thing. And I used to do that, too. Totally. Like, if I was jealous of a girl, I'd be like, her style sucks anyways. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. No. Yeah. It's just, it's like. It's so true. Just because you're insecure. It's so true. Okay, guys, next question. This one's also wild. I don't know what's in the water. 
Ask Alyssa, I need some advice on how to deal with a problem with one of my roommates. I live with three of my friends and we generally get along really well. We are all 20 to 21 and in college. Unfortunately, three of us have have noticed that one of my roommates does not seem to prioritize her hygiene. It's become kind of an issue. I would never want to make her feel bad about this, but our friends come over and notice the smell. I know some people have conditions and they can't control it, but this just isn't the case. I definitely don't want to sound mean or anything, but I also feel bad that people notice and she has no idea. Is there even anything we could say slash do, or is it best to just let it go? By the way, I love the pod and I'm so appreciative that people like you are making topics like mental health more mainstream. Oh, um, it's so hard because, like, I don't know if I'd have the balls to tell someone that they're smelly. <laughs> so I have actually had a friend, not a girl, a okay. guy. Mm. So all throughout high school, it was kind of like this thing, and he was so great. Did people that, say it to his face? Like, would no, they mock him? No. Oh. They were just – I wouldn't say they would mock him, but it was definitely a topic that we would talk about, like, behind his back. Me, personally, I never noticed it. But my friends always, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just always congested, but my friends, <laughs> my friends would always talk about it. And it just kind of got to the point where his closest guy friend mm. just talked to him one-on-one and was like, dude, I don't want to embarrass you. Mm. I don't want you to make your, like, I don't want to make you feel bad, but this has kind of been going on for a while and Ooh, this gives me anxiety. fix it. I know, but it just kind of got to the point where and then we just loved it? being, yeah, and now it hasn't been a problem, and I, well, I mean, I wouldn't say it hasn't been a problem, it's like on and off, but yeah, it's yeah. not as constant as it used to be, and he has been like, he wasn't like upset, he wasn't like embarrassed, he was kind of just like, oh shit, okay, like... Do you think, though, men would handle it I feel like he definitely ha- would handle it a little different than a girl, especially a college girl, because that's, like, girls are supposed to be, like, in the realm of, like, oh. Like. I have a question. What if you just do it? Like, okay, for example, me and my college friends were so close that we would, like, sit in each other's beds and, like, yes. pee with the door open. Yes. Like, we were so close yes. that what if you just say it in a joking way, like, oof, girl, you reeked today. And <laughs> <laughs> like what is, like something you would just candidly say to a friend versus like making it this big thing like if you're just like oh girl you stink today <laughs> damn what's that smell pu <laughs> like can't you just make it a joke <laughs> I get what you mean. I totally get what you mean. Like, like if, uh, instead of like making it a sit down thing, you just like make it just like, like it's a, a funny one time. Comment. Yeah, yes. is that I, so passive aggressive? I only <laughs> <laughs> the only problem I see with that is like she like might not take it seriously, and she might just keep smelling the next day. Yeah, maybe ship some see, deodorant. I keep thinking of <laughs> passive aggressive ways to be like, I got this new shower gel. Yeah. You should try it. Yeah, or like, oh, I got an extra deodorant. In the Amazon package. Yeah, like, I just can't tell someone they smell, I don't think. It's so awkward. I, and I'm a really, like, upfront person. So am I. Anything else. Like, for sure. I don't care if your boyfriend's cheating on you. I don't I will tell you. Like, I will tell you anything. But I don't think I have the guts to be like, we all think you smell. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, it's your <sighs> friend, too, and it's your roommate. You don't want to hurt their feelings. But, um. I wonder if she's just, like, not doing her laundry because she's not at home. 
Yeah, or maybe she's like going through something. Yeah, but like, what are you wearing? Smelly underwear. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I really don't know what to do. I don't know if I would say anything or. I think they should say something. Maybe one roommate who is the closest mm-hmm. with her should say something to her in a in a nice way. And if she takes it personally, then at least you tried. And then at least maybe she's t- mad at you, but smells good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're helping. Ugh. And if she's mad at you, then sh- that that's like a little bit of immaturity on her side because you're just trying to help. You're just trying to be a good friend. Yeah. So I would fight over your roommates who's going to say it and don't let it be you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna pick a straw out of it. Pick this short. What is it called? The, st- the straws. straws. Yeah, yeah. I usually always have advice, and like I feel so stumped on this one because I don't think I would have the balls to do it. Yeah, like it, something about this makes me like really embarrassed for the person. That's what it is. I feel their embarrassment. Totally, totally. <sighs> you just gotta, you just gotta do it. Rip and the could you off. could you send us an update because? I need to know what happens. Okay, next question. Hi, Alyssa. First off, love the pod. Listen to it religiously every week. I'm 27, turning 28 in two weeks, and I'm struggling with something I would love your advice on. Long story short, my teeth have been moving for a few years. I had braces when I was young and obviously stopped wearing my retainers years ago. It has become more noticeable, and I'm becoming really sad and self-conscious about it. I'm finally about to get health benefits at work so I decided to finally look into what my options are I was hoping I could just do Invisalign however I was told for best results and fastest results braces are the way to go so I'm going to be a 28 year old with braces I'm so scared of looking hideous and I'm really sad about it I know there are worse things in life but I'm really sad and anxious about the next year with them I know it'll be short-term pain for long-term gain and it's the right thing to do I know it's silly to be upset about it but I'm already dreading it I'm trying to stay positive and confident but I'm already stressing about it and I don't even have them on yet I tried to speak to two of my friends about it and to be honest they just made me feel worse any advice would be greatly appreciated that happened to me I was oh, it did? A, that, yeah I was a lot younger I was a junior in high school but yeah I had to get braces again oh. on the on my bottom teeth but you can get the way that my orthodontist did it was one I did clear uh-huh. whatever they're called brackets yeah obviously you don't want to get like purple brackets and he put them like really low so you couldn't even see them when I would mm. talk or when I would smile well there's this new thing that this um this place here i know she's she said she's from canada so i don't know if they have this in canada it might be worth the trip to the u.s but there's this place called tend in new york city and they do these things like this is just me getting served their tiktok ads that i know all I of this but it's called breezy braces and it's braces that go behind your teeth instead of in front of your teeth and this girl i know from tiktok got them yeah and they're completely behind her teeth i have a permanent retainer mm-hmm. which is kind of like that that's what I was thinking when she was saying that when the only option is braces. I was like, um, maybe she could get, I mean, I'm get a second her, opinion. Her teeth move too much where a permanent retainer might not work. But I feel like, I mean, I'm not an orthodontist, but mm-hmm. I've had my permanent retainer literally since I got my braces off my senior year of high school. And 
then it's been perfect. So I kind of relate to what she's saying because my smile, I've never had braces in my life. Oh, wow. I know. It's crazy. But my smile's changing. Like my bottom teeth are getting more crooked, like lopsided. And I was doing Invisalign over the pandemic, which was the best time to do it because mm. you didn't see anyone. And then when I started here, I stopped wearing it. And then my dentist ghosted me. So now my teeth are back to square one. So I'm kind of at the same place where I'm like, do I get Invisalign? What do I do? I've literally thought about, do I just get veneers so I don't have to go through the trouble? No. I know. You have good teeth. They're really bad for you too. Yeah. But point being, like I get the Mm. mental anguish of being like, oh, Mm. I have to have these things on my teeth. Yeah. Maybe get a second opinion. Um, I also think in the long term, having braces for a year when you're – 35 you're gonna look back and be forget that it even was a thing so I think you just have to keep thinking like long term maybe you could wear a mask a lot of times like we're in mask season so this is the best time to do yeah. it too bad but this wasn't a year ago when she yeah, was in lockdown true. especially because Canada had such extreme lockdowns yeah. you could have just like no one would have known anyway yeah it'll go by so fast a year literally goes by so quick quicker than you like than you think mm-hmm. and by the time you're done you're gonna be like you know what? Thank God I did that. Yeah. Because now I feel so much more confident and just feel better about myself. And you'll look back on that year and be like, it literally doesn't matter. It's just another. Especially because you're so unhappy with the way they currently look. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Gia's suggestion of seeing if they could put them on your top teeth high and your low teeth low and getting the clear ones. And then also look into um, tend about getting the braces that go behind your teeth and maybe just get some second options and see if Invisalign or retainers or something is an option that maybe the orthodontist you went to didn't recommend. Mm-hmm. So we're wishing you all the best, but definitely, I mean, it sucks. I'm not going to lie. Like at my age, like I'd be upset too, but you'll be happier in the long term and it's just a small commitment. All right, let's spill the tea. So now that I am watching The Bachelor... And a huge fan, if if that. <sighs> I was really upset because last week's episode, Monday night, I was like, right before the episode came out, I was like, I love Clayton. I was posting gifts of me saying how much I love him. I was giddy on the podcast. <laughs> An hour into the episode, I was like, oh, shit, this man's yeah. like getting some heat and it's not going well for him. But I'm happy to say I am back to loving him. I will dig into it. So basically last week, things came up with him and Susie where he was um, being accused of gaslighting her. He was, people didn't like the way he was talking to her. And I listened to a lot of like post-show interviews with him. And I remain feeling how I felt initially, which is that I think he's really honest. I think he's really upfront. (laughs) I love him. Here we go again. (laughs) I like the guy. I loved his interviews. I thought that he, I don't know. I'm on this weird train of like anti-cancel culture or anti-people not being allowed to have emotion. Like for example, he got angry at her and threw a tantrum, which obviously was immature. But I'd like to see all of us have cameras in our faces when we're fighting any single person that's fighting with someone, one of them is going to be accused of gaslighting. Mm. One of them is going to be accused of being dramatic. I feel like Bachelor Nation just loves to throw around the word gaslighting. Yes, and it even, we'll talk about it, but even this Kim K thing, her comment got so blown out of proportion saying the work thing. I just feel like no one cannot be a perfect human. 
Like, let's normalize having imperfections. And I think it's okay that he had a moment of weakness without us acting like he killed someone. I mean, was it his finest moment? Hell no. But I think that that's what makes people learn and grow when you're imperfect. So for me, I personally, did I love the way he treated Susie? No. But... I think that that doesn't mean you're an awful person. I just think it means you had an awful moment. And um, I stand by that. And in a lot of his post-show interviews, he went on to say how he was just really triggered. And he started kind of thinking maybe Susie was there for the wrong reasons. And he started getting in his head. And he really should have just walked away. And he said, like, I'm answering questions because you're asking them. But I'm not by any means not taking responsibility for what I did. And I thought he handled everything really well. I thought he was really explained to himself. And yeah, I I understand. And I think that if any of us were to have fights with someone and it was captured on camera, either you or the person you're fighting with would come across crazy. And I think that's what happens in this situation. And we need to normalize the people on Bachelor Nation not being perfect humans. No one is perfect 100% of the time. And I think that's what this show has kind of made us believe that every single person needs to handle things correct. It's like, no, we're humans. We are flawed. We flip out. We throw tantrums. When we don't get things that, when things don't go our way, we act crazy. And I think that's just what we saw happen. Um, As for tonight, Gia, do you know if it's a two-part finale? Yes, I think tonight and tomorrow. Oh, I, I need to know what happens. They just won't fucking end it. They won't end it. So apparently, Becca Kufrin, Nick Vial, and someone else, they're all saying basically how this was, is the um, most dramatic. The one that's with the uh, grocery store Joe now. Serena. Oh, Serena. Serena was like, it's so dramatic. Basically, they're all saying that it is like crazy, crazy, crazy. Nev- I can take a guess what uh, happens. Okay, what do you think? Let's let's I th- guess. I think it's, t- it's going to be... Pi- well, first off, no one's really, I mean, my sister said this, but it's Pilot Pete's season all over again. Mm-hmm. With the girl I agree. saying that at the last one-on-one day that she's uncomfortable with him sleeping with the other girls, but it's too late because he already slept with the other girls. I think they're all just going to say fuck you and he's going to end up with no one. But what makes it so dramatic? Yeah, I, I think um, Susie comes back. Me too. And I don't know. Honestly, with that part, I don't know. But I do think Clayton just ends up alone in the end. I heard a rumor. Okay. I don't know where I heard this from. Um, in the air. And if the rumor I heard is true, I don't think they could air it. Hmm. So, could I say it? Are you like it's? Not, I don't know if I it's true care. or not. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to like spoil it. Yeah. Spoiler alert! But this is literally. I don't even know where I heard this from. Like, (laughs) thin air. I think someone told me. Um, The rumor I heard, and we'll know tonight, and I guess by the time people listen to this, Mm. we'll have watched part one. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to know, skip ahead 40 seconds. So I heard that he, Susie comes back, and then they get back together, and then the producers mingled and tried to get her to break up with him because they wanted her to be Bachelorette. And he and her got really mad that they were intermingling in their relationship. But point being, if that's true, they're not going to air Susie and Clayton saying, oh, the producers are trying to break us up. Yeah. Because why would they make themselves look bad? 
Yeah. So part of me is like, how could that be it? Because the show isn't going to throw its own producers and the sketchy shit they do under the bus. Hmm. Maybe they'll right? twist it in some way to like... I know, but I like that theory because mm. I would love if they turned on the. Sh- I would love if on air they showed them being like, "You tried to break us up." Yeah, like, that would be so dramatic. Honestly, maybe they're like trying to like do a little bit of a switch of like a flip switch, like show you know? us like under the curtain kind yeah. of. Yeah, because people have been talking so much about how the producers manipulate everything. So maybe they're now like, that's oh, what I want in order to get people back. I don't even know because then Clayton did go on record saying that any of the rumors that are currently out there aren't true. He said he has not heard one person get it right. So, which means my rumor is probably fake. But I just kind of love it. Like, I kind of hope that happens. Because I think that would be such an interesting dynamic for the script to flip. Yeah, I'm curious to see what happens. So, we will see. Um, I don't know what I'm thinking. I still like Clayton. (laughs) And, yeah, we'll see. So, another thing that I want to spill the tea about is Kim K saying you got to work bitch what she say she's like get your fucking ass up and work <laughs> get your fucking ass up and work. Yeah. um i feel the same way as i do about the bachelor stop why does everyone take every comment personal like she's pre- speaking directly to you i don't she's not i don't think she was talking about people that can't get jobs i think she just meant like work hard i think it was just really tone deaf that's I what people were mad about i think it's tone deaf too but this is just me my publicist brain I feel like if this was said five ten years ago it would be a Pinterest quote yeah you know how it's people- just it's because it's Kim Kardashian so people are pissed because she started off like in a wealthy environment so yeah it was very easy for her to start but you can't deny that she works her ass I guess off. that's my point I 100% get where like, people yeah, are coming she was, from yeah she was given the necessary needs and she was like given the platform but, you know, she could have always just been, like, that reality star that had the show and kind of fell off, whatever. But she made so many different brands, like, had her family become this huge empire. It's, she works hard. But I think saying work hard used to be considered, like, an empowering thing. Yeah. But the way she said it now, everyone's like, she just, it you're just so privileged. It just came off in a yeah. way that was like... Well, why aren't you just working? Like, get up and work. It's yeah. like, all right, Kim. Like, like we we're have kids trying. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I am working. I literally make minimum wage. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. Not everyone just. But can... I guess my point is, like, why does everyone internalize stuff and take it so personally? That's what I think I'm yeah. having. I get it. It was insensitive. She's privileged. We know. Yeah. She's a billionaire. Yeah. Like, literally, none of us could relate to her. <laughs> no one could relate to her. Not yes. even the 1%. But my point is, like, why does everyone take comments like it's being said directly to them. Do you get what? Like, I think it's because it was like, what advice do you have for women, like in the workplace mm. or something? Like Ver- Variety asked her that question. She was like, no women want to work. Like, get your ass up and work. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it just came. I think it's it the way she off, said it. Was, it, it yeah. was the way she said it. She came off so direct. You're right. Like if she was just like, Being you like, know, my, get up and work. And you're like watching. You're like, all right. Yeah, like, it was aggressive. Yeah. Like if she was just like, my biggest piece of advice is that you really like, need, you need to, need to work, work hard. You can't yeah. expect things to just get handed to you. You yeah. need to put in time and yeah. like then maybe the like I got the message. It was just aggressive for yeah. no reason. It was also cut into such a small clip yeah. that I think that made totally. it more intense. Totally. But again, we get it. She's privileged. None of us live like her. But I think I'm just I'm just kind of like, 
why are we offended by everything? Could she have said it nicer? Yes. Is she tone deaf sometimes? Anything they say or do gets thrown around. People get pissed at anything, anything, anything that the Kardashians say. Yeah, I guess. You know what it is for me? I don't take things celebrities say personally necessarily. I'm like, all right, whatever. I can't relate to you. People just want to attack at any moment. Yeah, like I never listen to something someone says and thinks that they're pointing it towards me. Like I'm just, I just assume... If I don't respect yeah. your opinion, then I don't want to listen to yeah. it. Yeah, low key. I mean, with celebrities, yeah, because I feel like celebrities are just like so in so their own touch. world. So out of touch. With TikTokers, though, I kind of, I don't, I've, I never take that stuff personally. But if I see a TikToker say something like kind of stupid like that, mm-hmm. then I'm like, all right, like don't start because I, I agree, feel like it's different. The platform is just so different, and. It's like one thing when a celebrity says something stupid, but it's another thing when a TikToker says it's like a normal person. Yeah. So it's like you need to have like some sort of like awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. When it's such a big celebrity, though, I'm like, I can't relate to you anyway. I have no idea what you're talking. Like to me, I just don't even take their advice. With I'm like, okay, yeah, like I'm going to listen to you. I have, we're on different playing fields. (laughs) Big time. Different tax brackets. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what works for you doesn't work for me. But, um... The Kanye Kim stuff is still going on. Um, it is just sloppy. I saw a lot of people like praising Pete's texts to Kanye. I kind of found them cringe. I, w- I was just like, is this really him? I was just kind of like, be the bigger person. I guess, okay, this is I how. I think he has been the bigger person though for so long. I agree with the I'm in bed with your wife. Like, if I. You, you, he's a human being. Like you can't help yourself. If someone's fucking with yeah. you constantly, putting you in music videos and shit for yeah. however long, six months, however long. True, it's going on, true. At a certain point, you just be like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Like I can't. But I think in my head, shut up. I loved that he was being the bigger person. Like yes, I found that true. so attractive. Yes. Like I was like, Pete is so above this. He's so. Yeah. Cool. So then when I saw him kind of stoop to the level, I was like. No, I get it though. I'm not saying I wouldn't snap on the yeah. other side, but I just think personally, I was like, no, Pete, yeah. you were so mature. But you to, you, even his mess. Besides that message, like I'm in bed with your wife. Like all the other ones were like pretty mature. I thought. Like, yeah, he's like, let's talk yeah. in person. Yeah, he's like, let's talk in person. Like you, we like, if, like you should get help. Like it's worked for me. Like I don't understand why. Like your family, like, you're scaring your family. Like I genuinely feel extremely bad for Kim because I I think she is like why is he dragging me to be this awful mother in person when she's probably with the kids 90% of the time and dedicates her life to help to being with them and she's probably like leave me alone and it's so I've said this from the very beginning it is so unfair to his kids that they're gonna one day be adults and look this up and be like mom dad was begging for you back and you weren't I know because like kids always like take it in the wrong way yeah. too and I feel like he wanted our family like, together yeah yeah like it's I feel like it'll be hard for them not to think like Kim is a bad guy because the way he's portraying yes, it yes. is like oh your mom won't let me see you your yeah, mom, even yeah. if they know like kids of divorce like always like have to pick sides Yes, and I really don't like the position it's going to put the kids in. Totally. I think he acts like he keeps trying to protect them, but I think what he's doing is way more damaging. Yeah. And he, like, posted this horrible thing about how he, like, holds his holds his parenting practices different towards his daughters than he does towards his sons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, 
what? Like, no wonder Kim doesn't want you around the kids. Like, you're teaching them these horrible, like, like that boys should be taught different things than girls. Well, I thought something he said was weird, and I haven't seen anyone pick it apart in the press, so I don't know if I just interpreted it weird and I'm on my own page here. But he said something in the video, like, she's got my daughter singing, I fell in love with an emo girl. My daughter. Yeah. And I was like, is that a hint towards lesbians? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if I just took it wrong. But in my head, I was like, because he's, like, so religious. Yeah. I was like, so does he have a problem because it said girl? It's a song. Like. I kind of was like. Why, Why do you matter? care? Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Just, I feel like ugh. he has like very like backwards parenting ideals. And I feel like Kim is probably way more like progressive. Yeah. The whole, it, honestly, I'm going to say it again. Gives me Ajita. <laughs> <laughs> it's Ajita is just like Italian word for like anxiety in yeah. your stomach. Ajita. I would say Ajita instead of Ajita. Ajita, Ajita. I think I said. I know. My friends always be like, what the fuck is Ajita? <laughs> And I'm like, it's like, like, it's uh, that feeling yeah. of like anxious. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it at all. I think, I think very soon we're going to see her get con- like some kind of restraining order or something in place. Yeah. Okay, guys, that is it for today's episode. Keep your eyes out. There might be a bonus episode. Not sure. And um, I will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>